We are back with another episode of Pass the Jar. Before we jump in, I just want to let you guys know that we have launched a merch store. You can find the links in our Facebook and Instagram bios. Uh, I'll put the link in the bio for this episode. We want to keep this ad-free, so if you want to keep supporting the podcast, it means a lot to us. It keeps us pumping out content and opens more doors for us. So go check that out. Buy a shirt or a hoodie if you want to. But in this episode, we are talking about the media, the Daily Mountain Eagle, Jasper, Walker County, and even some pro wrestling with James Phillips, the publisher of the Delhi Mountain Eagle. This is Pass the Press. back to pass the jar today's guest is a man of many words written and spoken but this is james phillips james welcome hey man thanks for having me uh i'm, I'm pretty pumped up about this i think it's gonna be a cool uh cool experience to do a, a walker county podcast that's not one that that i produce you know hey it's all right i appreciate you coming on the other side for a little bit yeah uh so tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from where you grew up uh, you know, I grew up in Empire, uh, which is a, a booming metropolis uh, now as it was then. Yes. Uh, I think we had to drive, you know, if, if you didn't go to the blue store, you had to go 20 minutes to get to, to Walmart or somewhere. Yep. Um, uh, Phillipstown Road, Stacks Bottom Road, that's my uh, that's my stomping grounds. Same. Uh, lived there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lived there for like the first 20, uh, 21, 22 years of my life, and then... Uh, uh, bought a house in Adamsville and lived there for a while, still working in, in Jasper and, and uh, moved to Mississippi, moved back to Jasper. And, and that's where we're at now, you know, uh, Dora High School graduate, uh, went to Bevel State and UAB. So I'm I'm as homegrown and, and local a guy that uh, the Eagles has ever seen, you know. I feel like you're me in 10 years. <laughs> that could be it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, grew up in Empire, graduated from Dora. But uh, tell us what brought you or took you to Mississippi and brought you back to Jasper. Yeah, well, you know, I started working at the, the Daily Mountain Eagle 25 years ago now. I was uh, just out of high school and uh, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I'd want to be a lawyer uh, for years, uh, from probably the time I was in the fifth grade. Uh, I was in the gifted program in the Walker County Schools and did a mentorship with a local lawyer that I will not name, uh, which that made me decide that I did not want to be a lawyer. And so I, uh, I really had no idea. I like to write and I love sports and I bumped into a guy uh, named Brian Kennedy. Uh, he was working at Bevel at the time and uh, my wife and I both had started to Bevel as our, as freshman and uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, but he, uh, he asked me what I was going to do. And, uh, I said, I don't know. And I told him, I said, I, I like to write. I like sports. He said, well, I got a friend that works at the Daily Mountain Eagle. Uh, they're always looking for people to cover football games. And so that's how I started, just stringing football games. Uh, I did a good job. They liked what I did. They offered me a part-time job after that football season. And so I just kind of moved my way up through the sports department to start with. I worked there until 2001, got out of uh, got out of journalism for a couple years, worked for Bell South doing some computer work and mm-hmm. absolutely hated it. I <laughs> uh, can't sit in a cubicle all day long and I uh, can't worry about my job going to India or Columbia or places like that, you know. Yeah. 
And so I got back into uh, journalism in Gardendale, and I was the publisher at the North Jefferson News for about three years, from 2003 to 2006, and then came back to Jasper in 2006 as the managing editor of the paper. Stayed there through 2013. Uh, we had had a publisher change, and I had really hoped to be the publisher at that time. Didn't get the job, worked for the new guy for about a year, and decided I just need to go somewhere else and prove that I can do this on my own. Uh, moved to a small town in Mississippi called Kosciuszko, which is a, a great little town. Loved, worked there for three years, and, and took their paper. It had not made a, a dime uh, as far as revenue goes in 10 years uh, and was able to make a profit in six months and turn that little paper around, won plenty of awards and that sort of thing, and didn't know anybody <clears throat> in that town. And so that kind of showed that I could go somewhere where I didn't know a single person, turn this paper around, make it something that people were proud of. And so when the job here opened up again, they called me. I didn't have to call them. Yeah. And uh, and I was excited to come back. It was like I wrote in the column uh, when I, they announced that I was coming back. It was like Bear Bryant, you know, mama <laughs> called. Mm-hmm. And so... And that's what I put, you know, like I can't turn down coming back home and, uh, and like, I'm still excited. Uh, and I think most people could see that if, if you talk to me about the, the newspaper, um, I'm excited about being the publisher. I love, yeah. I love it. It's, it's, it was my dream job, either being the publisher of the Daily Mountain Eagle or, um, you know, taking over for Vince McMahon at some point. That, that's the two <laughs> dream jobs. And so, uh, so the Daily Mountain Eagle one was a little bit more, uh, attainable. Yeah. So. What got you, obviously your love for football got you into writing. How, did you notice that you had like a huge knack for it when you started writing? You're like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah, like I didn't realize that I was good at it. I guess I, you know, I'm sure I have an ego. Talk to my wife. She'll tell you all about <laughs> my ego. Um, I, I wrote like from the time I was in fifth grade, I wrote things. So I wrote horror stories or I wrote just journal entries and things like that. So I think I've always written and I never really looked at it as if I'm, if I was good at it or not good at it, but I just, it was something I loved to do. And then when I started writing for the paper, I got just really good compliments from the people who were above me. They didn't have to, to fix my stuff. You know, they didn't have to go in and completely rewrite a story that I wrote which is rare sometimes yeah. uh, when you just have somebody walking in from, the, you know, outside. Uh, I had not taken a journalism class at all at that point, you know. Um, and, but I'm kind of, I'm coachable. Yeah. Uh, and so if somebody teaches me something or shows me something, I pick that up and just kind of roll with it. And, and I think that's what they liked about me. They could, they could teach me their style, uh, just tweak a little things and, and it was good. And so I think that's what it's been. And then just throughout the years, being able to win awards and things like that, that kind of like, that tells you you're doing something right. Yeah. Now, do you have a degree in journalism? I have a degree in communications. Okay. Uh, and it's actually broadcast instead of print. Really? Yeah. Um, I was already working full time at the newspaper. And so I wanted to be really well-rounded in case yeah, I, I could see technology moving forward. Right. And so... Broadcasting at that time was more television broadcasting, radio broadcasting, but it has really helped uh, to make our paper more well-rounded that I have that background because we can do things like podcasts and we can do things like videos that um, most newspapers, especially in Alabama, uh, you know, have no idea how to do. And so I've been able to bring that aspect of, of that to a small town newspaper 
and it's given me a lot of opportunities too. Um, I'm a board board member on the uh, Alabama Press Association, and so they've used me a few times at, at conferences to come in and speak on podcast or uh, social media and, and things like that, that if I had just taken the, the typical journalism route, I probably wouldn't know anything about right. unless I just, you know, try to pick it up along the way. That's a lot of people. It, we change so much that we look over the progress we make is you don't have to go to hunt down a newspaper every Sunday. Anymore. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember when I was 16, my mom would send me on the hunt <laughs> for the mountain Eagle. Yeah. And there was times I'd end up in Jasper from empire. Right. And that's how I was growing up too. Like I read the newspaper. Uh, and at that time we had the community news in Summerton mm-hmm. and the mountain Eagle in Jasper. Uh, and I, I would read those papers, but there was not a mountaineagle.com in those days. Yeah. It was, you got the newspaper and that was it. You know, now you have it right there in your hand. Yeah. It's on your phone. It's, it's on your tablet. You you can watch our, um, like our football previews and different things like that. You can watch them on your television, Yeah, which is uh, being just <laughs> a film guy and things like that. For me to be able to sit in my living room and see my ugly face on television is really cool to me. Yeah. You know? So what got you, uh, into the sports side of it? Just growing up, I was such a sports fan. Um, you know, I didn't play a lot of sports growing up. Uh, I had a back injury when I was in fifth grade. I had a slip disc, and so I couldn't play football. Um, my doctor finally let me play basketball when I was in the seventh grade, and I played basketball through school and uh, and still like to try to every now and then, but I've had a couple of knee surgeries that kind of <laughs> slows me down. Uh, but, you know, I just I have loved sports. Um We'll probably talk about it later, but um, from a small, small, like two-year-old, three-year-old, I loved uh, pro wrestling. Yeah. And so that's just all those things. Uh, and then to be able to combine that with uh, a love of writing, it just kind of worked out. It was something I never really thought of until I met the guy at Bevel State, and he just said, hey, why don't you put this together? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a it's a unconventional path, I guess. Now, what goes through your head as you're – but we'll go back in the day when you're writing the story. It's like, how can I translate what I'm feeling and seeing onto this paper to where everybody else is going to want to read it as well? Right. And that's the thing. Like, you can't just write what you like or write how you would like to write it. You got to think about there's an audience there and what that audience is made up of, you know, their um, belief systems, their their political beliefs, religious beliefs. Um if they're an Alabama Auburn fan, you know, like you, you, you kind of take all this stuff into consideration when you, when you write something like, um, our magazine articles are probably the, the ones that I take the longest on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote one last year on CJ Harris. It took me like a month to write it because I just wanted it to be right. You know? Uh, and I read it probably 200 times and finally decided, okay, it's right. And yeah. I did the same thing with, uh, with Brian Baker, uh, Barry Bangers. He, his article meant a lot to me because he was he was telling me, you know, he'd never really been focused on in that way and, and that kind of stuff. And I knew he was a writer, too. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted that one to be right, you know. Uh, so it just, it takes a while and you, you want to write, you don't want to write too, um, you don't want to sound too educated. Like, you want it to be easy. Yeah. Uh, and just something that flows. Something that will make sense to people without them having to actually sit there and think about what you're trying to say right yeah they don't need to have to process things yeah. when they're reading in the newspaper it needs to, and you know like i tell everybody we just need to give information and then let people take that information however they will 
Yeah, and that's going to depend on a lot of factors, like what lens they're reading through, what lens we wrote it through, probably in some <laughs> situations. Um, but it, it's it's a process, and it's it's just something I've always enjoyed. You know? Right. So how in today's political climate? I don't get too political on here, just because I don't want to right. scare anybody. But, I don't want anybody to like yeah. you know burn my house down. <laughs> so in today's political climate, how do you keep things? Fair, I guess. It, you know, it's really difficult because I've gotten to the point where I feel like if we present facts, actual facts, it's it's considered to be either left or right, depending on who reads it. Yeah. Because, um, and I think social media has had a lot to do with that. Because when you're looking on your phone for news information, most of the time, that news information is going to be slanted to whatever your likes have been and the things that you have, have told Big Brother that you like to look at. Yeah. And so I think people get really, I hate to say the word confused, but it is confused uh, because they're reading something all day long, all day long. And then they see an actual news story, that's, whether it's from the Daily Mountain Eagle or the Associated Press or NPR or whoever. Uh, but an unbiased news story just presented in facts. And depending on which side of the aisle they lean to, they'll think that's skewed to the other side. Yeah. And it's not at all. No. You know? yeah. uh, but that's that people want that skewed news. That's why they watch CNN or they watch uh, Fox News. Yeah. Uh, they they want to see uh, people talk good about their team. Yeah. You know? and, and that's what it is. It's It's gotten to the point to where people you love and care about um they don't want to reach across the aisle they want to hear your thoughts and beliefs and when you see nothing on your facebook feed but fox news or cnn right you're like okay well i'm gonna go check out you, you don't think of, i'm gonna go check out what the other side says right and then if one doesn't line up you're like okay I need, maybe i should check out a neutral side right that's the and thing you know i think we'd be better i use social media to promote this stuff but if I didn't have to use social media, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think um, so too. You know, and I, picked up a newspaper. I've been, uh, you know, like I've talked on social media as far as newspapers, how they should use them, and things like that. And it's it's a real headache. Yeah. And you know, I've had to use the unfollow button a lot just because people are ugly. I I don't have a problem with disagreeing with anybody. Yeah. And you know, with some of my political views, I don't expect anybody in Walker County to agree with me. <laughs> But I expect just to be treated with respect. Um, and I feel like our where we disagree should really grow us closer together if we have a conversation about that. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point that if you disagree with anybody, even on just a little, little thing, you can't be friends. Yeah. You know, I agree. Uh, and, and that's not how I that's not how I act or react to people. Like I, I want to have people around me who don't think the way I do yeah. because it challenges me and, and makes me grow. Uh, but, but for most people now, if, if people aren't exactly like you cookie cutter, a hundred percent, they don't want to be around you. No, they don't like you. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've spoke about numerous, numerous times on this podcast is I became a better person when I started talking to people different than me. Right. Because yeah. I didn't live here. I mean, I moved away and, I went to a college where there was a lot of people not like me. Yeah. I had no choice but to talk to them. Right. I was like, okay, I'm living on the same dorm floor as these people. Talk to them. Made me a better person. Made me develop my own thoughts. Right. And that's what a lot of people are missing is somebody's different than you. We're going to shun them. Exactly. Uh, 
in reality, you should talk to them because you're going to learn a shit ton more than you probably think. <laughs> yeah, you definitely will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're riding and keeping things fair, how do you handle the criticism when you say, well, you're too far right or you're too far left? You know, it probably it depends on uh, the person and how they how they come at you with criticism. Uh, if it's a legit criticism, like I've actually had somebody in the last week pull me aside and go, hey, you know, I think you really need to kind of pay a little more attention to your audience. I know that you get kind of fed up with with people who don't even read the paper, but they go on Facebook and they badmouth and things like that. But um, this person cared enough to say, hey, I think you just need to kind of settle and, and look at a few things. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Like that, that's what I need to hear. Because I get to a point looking at like our comments on Facebook and things like that to where in the back of my mind, if somebody says, oh, I don't agree with this, and it wouldn't be that person, but if somebody told me I saw this person saying this, in the back of my mind, I'm immediately going to go, oh, well, they're just a crazy person. Yeah. Because I see so many crazy people comment, <laughs> you know. Facebook comments are a treasure trove and a sewage pit at the same <laughs> right, time. you know. And so... Um, I have to sometimes settle myself and go, okay, just because somebody disagrees or somebody doesn't like what we put out there, they're not just a crazy person. You know, yeah. like I, I need to take that information and figure out how we can better do things. And, and one way that we're doing that is that we're having some, um, focus groups, uh, and we're putting out there right now on social media and also in the paper that we want people to contact us and we're going to schedule some different focus groups with, uh, business owners subscribers and just like Facebook people. Yeah. And uh, I want to hear like what people think that we do well, what people don't like and, and chew on that information and figure out ways that we can be better and more relevant in our own community. Yeah. Even though I've lived here my entire life, you know, I have my way of thinking, so I need to hear other people. And and I think that we can make the paper even better than it already is. That's what, Everybody refers to Walker County as having such a strong sense of community. So doing that is going to show that you're you're taking this olive branch. Right. Like, okay, if you don't agree with the paper, bring it in so we can make it to where everybody gets along. Right. And, and when I look at, like, most residents in the area, most people really appreciate the Mountain Eagle. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of an anomaly. People still look for it, and they look to us because they trust us. And I don't want to ever take that for granted. Like, I want people to know um, why certain things get in there, why certain things may not, um, and to know that that we can be that trusted source of information for them that that they feel that we are. Uh, And if if people think that we aren't, I want to know why and how we can solve that, you know. Instead of just a shaking of the fist, right. we, we actually want to hear why. Yeah, let's have a conversation. Yeah, you know? that's that's where it all co- should come together for people is to have a conversation so everybody can work towards making Walker County especially a better place. Because right. when all of us put our heads together, I think we will rise above what people think of us. Oh, I think so too. And I think we, we do all the time. When there's a, a terrible thing that happens in, in Jasper or anywhere else in the county, people come together and they make, you know, they take care of their neighbors. And, um, at that point, it doesn't matter if they're black or white or gay or straight or, or rich or poor, people always come together and do the right thing. It's in the middle of those times that we lose sight sometimes. Uh, but, but our community is outstanding. I wouldn't be here. I could be anywhere in the world that I wanted to be. And I wanted to come back to my hometown and be here because I've got five kids and I think this is the the best place that I could ever let them grow up. Yeah. I'm glad you think that we all love Walker County. Hence, right. we're, we're here. Right. Um, 
So tell us a little bit about moving up the ranks. How did you work your way up to where you are now? Well, um, specifically at the Eagle, I left and came back three times. You know, like, <laughs> came back for a better job every time. Playing hard to get. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was really, it's just, you know, in, in a lot of different uh, industries, you have to make those moves uh, to kind of prove yourself in different ways. So I started as a sports writer, uh, left, worked at a paper as, as somebody in, in the newsroom, over a newsroom, over the entire paper, uh, to kind of make that point that I'm not just a sports writer. Yep. Then I come back to the Eagle again, and I take over the newsroom. I leave and go to Mississippi to prove myself that I can run a newspaper, you know, and, and make it thrive at a place where it had not thrived. Yeah. Uh, and, and then come back and do that here. Um, I think when I got back here in 2016, we had really lost our sense of local and our sense of community. Um, and it, it's nothing against the guy that was the publisher before me, but he wasn't from here. And, and Walker County can be a little fickle to outsiders. You yeah. know? Uh, I can get away with saying a few things and they'll be like, oh, that's just crazy James. Like, you know, he, <laughs> he'd been crazy since he was a kid. Yeah. But, um, and other people can't if you're an outsider. And so uh, being able to come back and, uh, and and that's the that's the biggest way of, of working your way up the ladder is and just making connections. Like when I uh, interviewed for the job of publisher, I had everybody from you know police chiefs to state legislators to football coaches to whoever that wrote letters and said we need this guy in our community. We need him back. Hire him. You know. And so that was a that really said a lot um, to me. It made me feel uh, pretty sweet uh, yeah. that, that people knew what kind of job I'd done, and uh, I think they just know that I care about here. Yeah. With so much animosity towards the media, how do you, as a person, not as an as a publisher, but as a person, how do you say, I'm going to get up and go to work today? <laughs> There's days that it's really <laughs> tough. Um, bourbon's good. Yeah. Uh, not in the morning, though. Uh, but, you know, it's really, I think that people respect what we do here. And they recognize, most people recognize that a small town community newspaper is much different than what you see on television. Right. And so most, even the stories that you see on television, they started at this level or smaller than us. Yeah. And, and then they take it and, you know, this 24 hour news cycle is, uh, destroyed news because, you, there's not enough news in a day to put 24 hours. And so it, it's a small amount of news, probably 30 minutes of actual news in a 24-hour cycle. And the rest of the time, it's just people arguing about their thoughts on that news. Yeah. You know, uh, where in a newspaper, the newspaper is made up of however many pages. Say we've got a 14-page uh, Thursday newspaper. Well, all those pages are news, except for there's one that says opinion. And that has a couple of opinions on it, you know? Uh, so it's, it's just a different framework. That's and, when it gets everybody riled up. It does. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it does. Sometimes it does. I try to be, I was a lot more of a rebel rouser as, as the managing editor yeah. and not as the publisher as much, just because, you know, as the publisher, you're the face of the paper and I don't want people to, um, take anything I might say, uh, if it's my personal opinion yeah. and hold that against the paper because, my employees, we have 30, 30 to 35 employees at, at whatever given time, and 90% of those employees are 
very right wing conservative people, and then I, you know, I say myself that I'm moderate. So it's uh, <laughs> like I, I, nobody should ever say that we're a leftist rag yeah. because we're not. We're we're made up of people who live in Walker County and are from Walker County who go to church in Walker County um, and care about the place. Everybody that works in our paper, I believe, right now, everybody that works there is from here, and I've personally tried to make that um, be the case. Yeah, you want it to be. You're hearing the legitimate voices of right Walker County, your right. neighbors. And I like for my reporters, like uh, Jennifer Coron, she's from Cordova. She covers Cordova because she knows that area better than anybody. Yeah. Um, Nicole Smith, she's from the Oakman and Parish area. She covers South Walker County. You know, that's uh, the only one that's not, I do have to make a correction. The <laughs> only one that's not from Walker County is Ed Howell. And he's a special case. He's from Marion County. Uh, but he's lived here long enough now that I, I think he should be at least closely considered as one of us. If you survive 10 years here from being from somewhere else, right. you get your badge. Yeah, yeah I think so. Here. Yeah, that should be the case. <laughs> uh, so what all do you do exactly? What what do you do? I put out basis? fires every day. <laughs> <laughs> I deal with the – I told my doctor one day, I told him I was being kind of like, – I'm a really laid-back guy. And uh, stress usually doesn't bother me. But I told him, I said, stress is really starting to get to me a little bit. And he said, well, you're getting older. He said, what kind of stress do you have? And I said, well, I have five kids at home and I have 35 kids at the office, <laughs> you know. And so what I do every day is, is deal with those 35 employees. And they're all great. I really do have a great team. Um, and and make sure that they are being successful. And if they're being successful, the paper is being successful. Yeah. Uh, now, I still do. I write something. I've wrote a couple stories today. Uh, I write a column every week. Um, I sell some advertising from time to time. It's really a, uh, I have to be well-rounded to do whatever. I do uh, our on-screen video work a lot of times because I'm, I'm the only person that will just jump out there in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, still write sports, still cover football. Um, probably will never stop doing that. That's good you didn't get away from what you truly got into it for. Yeah, yeah. That's and where a lot of people get it. They get do, it yeah. True. Yeah, and I don't I don't like to just sit in the corner right. office and not do anything. Like, that's not – I can't sit in there and, and, and read a book. I have to be active and involved. I do a lot of, like, community events. Not right now because of the pandemic. Yeah. But before that, you know, it, me and my wife or me and my wife and kids are at an event almost every day. And – uh, whether it's their school stuff or uh, we're going to a rotary club or a fundraiser, things like that. Um, there's an event almost all the time in Jasper. Yeah. And, uh, and I really like that. I like the community um, kind of public relations aspect of the job. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. You do, you do the football shows, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do uh, right now in football season, we do a preview show before the games and we do a, um, a show after kind of like sideline. Uh, on Fox, you know, uh, to show what happened. And then during the games, we started last year a thing that we call prepzone.com, mm-hmm. uh, DMEprepzone.com. And uh, during the games, we do live look-ins. We, we do a halftime show that tells all the scores. Uh, and it's really fun. The, the main reason that we do it is um, I like giving the kids an opportunity to be interviewed and be on screen and things like that. It, and it really gets them prepared to take another step. So all the coaches have really liked it. We've had a lot of parents say that they enjoy it. We're uh, getting ready now. We've done three years in a row. This will be our fourth. We do a Walker County Media Day, just like SEC Media Days. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do that from Five Loves. Uh, and we invite every team and coaches in. They bring a couple players, and we interview them, just like it's on uh, ESPN and the SEC deal. We invite uh, Birmingham 
uh, television stations out to cover it. Uh, Birmingham News typically does. Uh, so it's a it's a neat event that's really grown. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and and like last year we had, I want to say it was six hundred thousand views. Um, so that that tells you how far it, yeah. it grows. You know, that's a lot of people don't understand how much football means here if you're not from here. Right, like, football yeah. is life around here. It really is. People keep asking me, are we going to have a football season because of the COVID nineteen stuff? And I can't imagine not having a football season in Walker County. Like, I don't know what kind of damage that does to our psyche. I think I think high school football, I know this will probably come out after football season, maybe it's kicked off or not, but I think high school football stands a better chance of coming back than college football. I think Just so. because of the mass volume of people right. that would be congregating at a college football compared to two or 3,000 in a, football, a high school football game around here. Right, and they may – uh, only allow a certain number of spectators at the games and things like that. Um, I've heard that maybe the bands won't travel to away games just because yeah. that's a, a difficult process. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it may look a little different, but I think we'll have football. Yeah. Now, uh, I've watched a few of your shows. How is it? How hard is it to not show your door advice? <laughs> it's pretty tough. <laughs> uh, and, and Jasper, too, because, I mean, I'm a door guy, and I graduated from there and went to school there my whole life. Um, but I have a son that plays for Jasper. Yeah. And so I can't really be biased to either one of them. Now I will be biased to all of our local teams when they're playing somebody from outside of the area. I will be unashamedly oh, yeah. <laughs> a homer, you know, uh, it was very tough the first year that my son's playing for Jasper and we had to play Dora. That's a tough, tough thing for me. I, I couldn't imagine I'm sit, I'm on the Jasper sideline. Asking yeah. her wife if she can sell you a half and half Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she was really, it was cause she's a Dora graduate too. Yeah. So it's really strange for her. Um, but what's funny is there's several uh, people from Dora who have kids that play for Jasper now, and so we're not the only ones. Yeah, we'll be in the same boat eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, uh, you know, I, I like all the county schools. I love seeing, like last year, uh, Chavis taking his team to the playoffs. Yeah. That's incredible. You know, first time in 20 years. And the crazy thing was I had covered the last team 20 years ago that had made the playoffs really? at Carbon Hill, yeah. That is that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm really old at this point. That's what, <laughs> that's what it tells me. I told Chavis I was super proud of him. I did call him a jackass for beating Dora that season. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was I a, love him, and I'm proud of what he's doing up there. I was at that game standing in the mm-hmm. rain, and I could not believe that Carbon Hill took it to Dora like that. Yeah, you we know. were ranked in five A. Yeah, yeah. Chavis walked in there. He knew what to do. Yeah, he had it. He had it. He's a he's a good dude. I'm yeah. glad you interviewed him. I love Chavis. He he's we've been friends ever since high school. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but talking about football a little more, what do you think, or who do you think will be the next state champion to come out of Walker County? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's been quite a while, so I don't know. Uh, we've got, I think I can talk about this season, who I think will be good this season. I think Dora's going to bounce back. Uh, yeah. They're they're back in a better region. Uh, surprisingly, I think Summerton Christian may have our second or third best uh, record just because their region is, is weak. They've yeah. got... I think three teams that didn't win a game last year on their schedule. Uh, so they're going to win five, six, seven games just if they show up. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Jasper's going to struggle. That You know, they've moved up. Um, I, I really felt like Coach Moore did a great job his two years here. Uh, I don't like the fact that he left. I think that uh, that's put a negative on the program. Uh, yeah. I think I think he left because he didn't want to lose, you know. Uh, so he took a, a a lateral move to Hartzell, yeah, uh, and he'll get more wins there. And I think Coach Bailey is doing a great job at Jasper, uh, but that schedule is going to be brutal. Um, other than those guys, 
you know, Carbon Hill's Carbon Hill. They didn't make the playoffs for 20 years. I don't see them winning a state championship anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Chavis is doing an outstanding job. Um, Cordova, they're kind of restarting again because yeah. they got a new coach and they've moved up to a, a pretty tough region in 5A. Uh, so, I, you know, Oakman, they're still going to be decent. Uh, I don't see anybody winning a state championship this year. I hate to say that. There was a stretch of a few years where every team in Walker County was good. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a really good stretch there. And, and I think we'll be back. It's really a, a kind of a just a cyclical thing where um, you see a lot of athletes in Walker County, and then all of a sudden it kind of dips down a little bit yeah. and it bounces back up, kind of like Dora and basketball. Yeah. You know, there was a run there where Dora uh, was making a state championship game or the playoffs – every year and then now they're kind of down um uh and and you know burns being able to go in and win a state championship at cordova who would ever thought cordova would win a state championship in basketball you know that's crazy yeah we all of my friends we we have this huge group text and uh we were like oh he's finally got him one (laughs) you're right (laughs) we we were glad we we were sad it wasn't a dora but we were glad he actually got one um but how do you constantly you have to constantly research like this, the rosters, who's coming back. Yeah, stats. we definitely do. And I have to put a lot of that on um, our sports writer, Brian Hale. He does a really good job of, of getting uh, stats and information before we do those shows and, and for the, the stories in the newspaper too. Uh, he's kind of our, our stat nerd uh, yeah. more than anybody else. And, and Jonathan Bentley, our sports editor, does a really good job of just kind of tying things together. He's a very laid back guy. He's a lot like me. Um, you can see that he, he gets a little excited about football, not like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't want to show that uh, very often, but, but he does. He loves the sport, um, and he does a good job of like communicating with coaches and, and making sure that we've got coaches and players coming to different things. Uh, and then I do a lot of that, too. Uh, just from being around, I mean, I know most of our coaches or most, you know, most of the players now are people who uh, their parents went to school with me. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm – I definitely, uh, you know, am, am familiar with the area. We did a neat thing a couple months ago in the paper where we talked about our top five games that we'd ever covered, and there was a Dora game on mine um, from, uh, I think it was 1999, uh, and they beat Cordova in the last, like it was eight seconds left, Dora's trailing, and they do a 50-something yard pass to score, and, and that was one of the best games I've ever been yeah. at. You know? Man, if we're talking about that for just a split second, favorite game ever was when we beat Walker in overtime. Oh, that yeah. It was in my freshman or sophomore year when uh, Marquise ran Sally wide in yeah. into overtime. Yeah, that was oh, an awesome game, yeah. too. Dora, Dora football is like, I didn't play football, but it's Well, that's how I am. Like, I, I never got to play. I wanted to play um, and couldn't because of the back injury. And I, I was talking to Jasper's coach the other day because there's been a few players that have quit on the Jasper team this year. And I told him, I said, you know, they're going to look back when they're 40-something years old and think, man, I wish I I didn't quit that year. Yeah. Because that's that's one of the only things. I, I rarely have regrets at all. Uh, one is I wish I could have played football. Right. Because I, I loved it so much as a kid uh, and just could never play. But I I really wish I could go back in time and, and hit a few people at least. See, I was just I was with Chavis and Juicy and Ryan Krill. Right. I just looked around at all these guys like, I don't feel like dying today. Yeah, I you're know, get I know golf is my ticket out of here, <laughs> so we're just going to stick with that. Right. Um, but speak, we'll, we'll transition a little bit out. But one question I, find, I have for you is, do you think as much crap as the media gets these days mm-hmm. uh, with our president, with anybody that's in politics, no matter what side they're on, the media gets a lot of crap. Right. How do you see the future of the Daily Mountain Eagle keeping 
Walker County less divisive and bringing us more together, which is what we want to see. Right. And, you know, I think that's something that uh, we try to do every day. We, we don't do a good job some days, uh, but some days we do a great job of that, of, of trying to not be divisive. Um, I think that the, the future of the Daily Mountain Eagle in particular is very bright because our community cares about our paper. And uh, as long as we don't do something to screw that up, uh, I think that'll continue to be the case. Um, I think that, you know, newspapers are struggling right now. It's tough, yeah. uh, especially with the pandemic. That was that was really tough on, on revenue and advertising numbers. Um, but there's a papers that are our size and smaller tend to be able to bounce back a lot easier than the big guys. Uh, and it's because we focus on local. There's nobody else in Jasper or there's nobody else anywhere that does what we do. Like, um, you know, Birmingham television stations, they try to come in. They only come in when it's something negative or, you know, a murder or something like that. Um, And then there's, you know, little Facebook sites and stuff that basically just take our stories. Um, So, you know, and and it really is. It's the the guys like us. We do the stories and then they're read on the news that night, you know, um, or or they make it to CNN if it's something really crazy. Like the Carbon Hill mayor, you know, that made it to ESPN. Yeah. Um, and so we just want to do, we want to tell the history. We want to report the history of our community. And if we do that, we're not being divisive. We're not playing politics. I don't care who the president is. Honestly, I haven't, I I don't care at all. Um, I care about what's happening in Walker County. Like I care, uh, this is not something going on, but I care if there was a politician who is making bank when they shouldn't be, you know, like. Those are the things that we've got to look for and, and, and report about. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the local politicians, we're their best friend, and sometimes we, they don't like <laughs> us at all. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it should be, you know. Uh, but we have relationships with all the local politicians, with the sheriff, with the, the Jasper PD, you know, all those things. We have, have taken time over the years to build those relationships so we can get the, the right information, Yeah. you know. So that's... <clears throat> Depending on who reads or who listens, uh, they're going to get mad either way. No oh, matter, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. But the one thing that y'all do is keep us to what you know at the point of, okay, well, you're not Fox News or CNN. We agree with every little thing you say, right? And you're keeping it moderate, and that's what I appreciate the most about you guys. One thing I will say is, uh, the the story that made ESPN and the worldwide news that does not represent who walker county is and that's what no. kind of irritates me right is we made news for that yeah but we made national news the year before when the same person said something ridiculous yeah. you know and and that's something that i've i've told a lot of people um who are in our business that i that i know throughout the state and things like that, that they only see walker county when it's something crazy yeah and, and that's not us you know like we are I really, I wouldn't, I would not want to live anywhere else. And maybe if somebody gives me my own island or something. Yeah. You know, but. Nobody can bother me. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. But, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> but, but, you know, I choose Walker County. Like, that's, that's yeah. why I'm here. And that's why you're here. You could go wherever. Yeah. Uh, but you want to be in Walker County. And that's something that, uh, I think we've got a lot of people who have lived here their whole life and they never went anywhere else. Yeah. And if you ever go anywhere else, you appreciate this place. Um, even though I had a great, um, a great time living in Mississippi for three years, um, it's not here. 
and, and there's so many more opportunities. Well, you know, it would really get on my nerves when I lived there, and, and it was basically Mayberry. And uh, I would see people back home complaining about, we don't have anything to do, or we can't do this. There's so many more opportunities. And like Jasper, for a small town, has so many things for kids and children to be able to participate in and do. Sometimes it's just that the parents have to kind of get off their butts and make <laughs> yeah. it happen, too. Yeah. You know, um, So I, I, that's my soapbox for a second, I guess. I feel like... A lot of people would understand us as Walker Countyans better if they didn't see just the highlights and they saw the actual day-to-day operations, right? for yeah. lack of better terms. Yeah, definitely. Because right. we're a community, we're growing, especially here in Jasper. We're growing, we're welcoming, not all of us are addicts. Right, yeah. Uh, not all of us are criminals, and that's what I'm trying to show on this podcast is people are good here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I lived in Tennessee. I always said I'd move back, but now at this point in my life, I'm like, I, I can never leave here. Right, yeah. And, and I always wanted to leave. Like, yeah. as a high school student, I wanted to leave. I think and that's every Walker County and high schoolers' a mentality. Lot, yeah, I think, especially for people who's, who see that they have some sort of future, you know, they want to get out. Um, I had a scholarship offer to Tulane. I wanted to move there. Uh, but I fell in love, and I couldn't leave. And that was, that was the only thing that kept me here, but I'm so glad it did, you know. Uh, and, I, and I'm so glad that I did get to get away, though, at some point so I can look back here and go, you know, that's a really good place. Um, and I, if more people could just move away for a short time, I think it makes you think of uh, more fondly of, of, of here, you know. See, even moving, it's weird because even moving to Jasper, like with uh, when, if my mental health kind of gets on the, the bad side and I kind of need a break, I don't stay in Jasper. I go to Empire. Right. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, Empire is just nothing but whatever you want to make of it. Right. Empire, I see home. I see Hollow Hills. Um, right. I see a few secret fishing spots that nobody knows about. Right. And, uh, but that's. Well, and nobody should cross you being from Empire either. Exactly. I mean, it, sometimes the stereotypes are true. Yeah. And if you survived Empire and made it out, that says something. Exactly. <laughs> if you're still there, <laughs> right. that should definitely say something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, but that's home to me. You know, right. if, if yeah. I'm in a bad spot mentally, I always tell my wife, like, I'm driving a door to Empire. Yeah. I'm going to go to Horse Creek Golf Course or I'm going home. Yeah, I'll Just, do that sort of thing too. You know, my parents still live in Stacks Bottom. My uh, aunt and uncle live right next door uh, to us growing up and they're still there. Uh, and so I love being able to go home. We went uh, to a 4th of July picnic and that picks me up. You yeah. Know, it really does. It puts you in a better spot mentally. Yeah. No matter how far away you are from home. Home still puts you in a, that good place in your head, right? But uh, we're going to talk about. I know we talked about sports a lot, but there's a there's a certain sport, I guess, if you want, if some of the listeners want to call that, right? That you are involved in here in Walker County. We share a passion a passion about it as yes. well. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, you know, I, I mentioned it a little earlier. From the time I was like probably three years old, um, I fell in love with professional wrestling. Like I can tell you, the first match I watched was. Um, Andre the Giant and Junkyard Dog against the Wild Samoans. And so seeing these wild Samoans who are like <laughs> cannibals, you know, and then a guy that gets on the ground and barks like a dog and headbutts people, and then this guy that's, you know, taller than anything I've ever seen, I was hooked from that first match. And, uh, you know, I remember that. I remember uh, January, I guess it was 23rd or 24th, uh, 1980. Four, yeah, 
Hulk Hogan wins the the world title from Iron Sheik. I'm sitting there watching it, and it just blows me away. And so I've become a Hulkamaniac. And I, I said my prayers, and I took my vitamins, you know. Um, and uh, so I, just growing up, I, I watched it. I, I'm sure I got made fun of quite a bit through school because, you know, once you get to 6th, 7th, 8th grade, it's probably not cool to watch wrestling at that point. Um, but then it always comes back around. So yeah. then you end up with the NWO happening right when I'm graduating school and things like that. See, I peaked at that because the Attitude Era NWO right. was my time. Yeah, that's, uh, that, was, that's, that was the ages I was going through. Right. And so um, being able to be a wrestling fan throughout the years. And, and honestly, one of my dream jobs was to work for WWE somehow. Like I really wanted to be probably a writer. Um, but it was just a, a situation of... You know, I got married really young and um, had had a lot of kids. And so traveling with WWE is just not, <laughs> that's not on the, the thing. So um, I've done a few things with wrestling through the years. I always uh, covered wrestling with a paper. Had a lot of opportunities to talk to some of my absolute heroes like Hulk Hogan, uh, Mick Foley, um, some of the, Ric Flair, I got to meet Ric Flair twice, which is incredible. That's sick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> had had uh, I got to hang out with him at Old York. They did a commercial there no for, a, for a spring stampede. All the, the horsemen at that time were uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit, and Steve McMichael. Yep. Uh, Deborah McMichael was there, and Woman was there also. Um, and they filmed some scenes of them riding horses throughout the, the saloon area <laughs> at Old York. Well, I got to meet Flair and those guys, and he strutted and wooed and ate steak with us and uh, signed autographs and all that kind of stuff, and it was, it was awesome. Um, and so then... I, I got involved with wrestling a couple of different times, did like a commissioner role, uh, things like that. And um, about, it's been two years ago now, um, a friend of mine came to me and he was like, hey, there's this opportunity to take over a local wrestling show. And I said, ah, you know, I, I really rarely went to those things. I didn't think they were very good. You get there and it's like, you know, two guys from Nauvoo wrestling <laughs> each other. There's no storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just really... I I didn't know if I wanted to be involved, but the person who who talked to me about it was a good friend of mine, and and uh, I trusted him a hundred percent. He was like, I think if I think if you'll get involved, we can do something different, you know. And so I talked to my wife. She's she's not a wrestling fan at all. She really hates it. Uh, she hates that I'm involved with it, but she she knows how much I love it, and so uh, she goes along with it and allows me to, uh, as long as I do nice things for her from time to time, and so. Um, I started, and I went to the first show, really didn't do a lot. I just kind of showed up, uh, introduced myself to a lot of the wrestlers who was there. Uh, and I didn't know how I would be received because I'm just a nerd that works at a newspaper. You know, never been trained as a wrestler, that sort of thing at that time. Um, and so I was shocked how open they were. And they were like, they would ask me after their matches, what'd you think? And so I'd give them some uh, critiques and things like that. And they really took them. And so within a month or so, we do one show a month. Within like the second <clears throat> show, um, I feel like I'm one of the guys. You know, and they really welcome me in. Uh, they saw that I had watched the, the product for years. And, uh, you know, I wasn't just your typical I've watched wrestling type person. I, like I understood the, the everything that yeah. went on. And so... Um, it's just been really cool. Uh, I, I wrote a couple of them uh, when it was my second anniversary of taking over the the company. It's called New Era Wrestling, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, 
I wrote some of the guys that I've really become friends with and just told them thank you for um, for letting me join this world. Like, yeah. I, and my character in it, I, I actually wrestled a couple times, and I I was just going to be James Phillips, which is pretty boring. <laughs> and uh, my wife said, "Oh, well, you need a character." And at that time, um, the Greatest Showman was out. Like, and so. I took this ringmaster persona, which, you know, Steve Austin used that years ago. Yeah. As a, well, he wasn't a ringmaster of the circus. And so mine was like a ringmaster of the circus because I feel like that's what I am on a day-to-day <laughs> basis at the wrestling show <laughs> yeah. is I really am the ringmaster and just trying to get, keep everything together, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I was able to uh, wrestle my first match in March of uh, 2019, and it was the coolest experience Um before that, I had trained for about five or six months. Um, I had been beaten up like every show for about for about five or six months. Some some heel wrestler uh, was beating me up, tried to break my arm, break my leg, uh, whip me with a belt, <laughs> put cake in my face, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I got to team up with Mike Jackson. Who, Action Mike yeah, Jackson. Yeah, if people don't know Action Mike Jackson, he never made it like big time, big time, but he was always around a big time. And... Uh, yeah, he wrestled Ric Flair before. He's wrestled for 50 years now. He's one of the few that are still going. Right, and he's 70 years old. Yeah. And he can still jump through the ropes, jump off the top rope. He walks around the top rope. Um, he's he's more athletic than me or you, for sure. Yeah. You know? And um, But I remember watching him when I was like five, six years old at Dora High School. Yeah. And, and so then I get to team up with this guy that I watched when I was five or six years old. That's crazy. Um, and, and then I had a friend from California that came in, so it was a six man tag team match and, uh, my finishing move is a stunner just because that's an easy yes. finishing move. And that's I, and I love stunning all the time <laughs> and, and I pretty well dress like Kevin Owens and he uses a stunner now yes. too. Um, I used it before him though. I just want to say that. I just want to say I love Kevin Owens when he was Kevin Steen. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> and got to meet him when he was Kevin Steen. Um, That's awesome. Um, ROH did a show in Birmingham in 2013. Yeah. And we were living in Mississippi at the time. And uh, my son and I, Stone, uh, we drove back here just for that show. And it had so many of the people now that are, are big time, like Adam Cole and Kevin Steen. Um, I'm trying to remember. One of the guys that's in the Viking Raiders was there. Roderick Strong. Um the other guys in, in Undisputed Era that nobody knows, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Love those um, guys. Yeah, they're awesome. You know? yeah. And they were all on the show, uh, and now they're the top guys in WWE. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. And at that show, it was kind of like our shows in Jasper. The wrestlers were just out there hanging around. You yeah. could talk to them. And that's what I love about local shows, especially with what we do. We try to do a, a mixture of you know old-school Alabama wrestling you know, that you would see growing up at Door High School. But we combine storylines that you would see in WWE. Yeah. And I think they're better than WWE. Sometimes I just think WWE's writers, I don't know, you know, where they're at. No. Like what rock they live under. Uh, but it's nothing entertaining most of the time. Um, and so we, we combine those things and make for a really fun show. And all of our wrestlers, even our bad guys, interact with the crowd sometimes too much like we've had a knife pulled on somebody you know Jesus. like it's you know uh but uh our last show we had a fan punch uh a lady uh manager in the face that made it to facebook it did that was it made it viral it yeah. was like six hundred thousand views <laughs> oh. um and then you know it's just it, it's a lot of fun and i it's it's a bucket list thing for me that i wanted to be involved in wrestling and i get to be an owner of a wrestling company yeah. in my hometown 
I mean, I, that's sick. How how much cooler is that? You know, like, Dude, I get so many weird looks because, especially the people I work with, they give me shit because they're like, our our patient was watching wrestling, and I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what was happening? And they'll they'll tell me, and I'll be like breaking it down for them, in like, yeah, you know, nine k fabe ways, right? And they're like, they're just sitting there staring at me, like, what? Yeah, I'm like, oh, you, you wouldn't they get don't it. even understand. I was like, Look, I've watched wrestling since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And when Hulk Hogan had the famous heel turn to the NWO, yeah, I remember I took my Hulk Hogan uh, little to- action figure I yeah. had, I went and put him in the top of my closet and covered him up. You weren't even going to look at him. He's yeah. dead to you. It's still one. real to me, damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so it's pretty cool that we're having that in Walker County. And-, and and what's good is, like I talked about before, I didn't go to a lot of those local shows because it was just, you know, they weren't really athletes. It was yeah. just people getting out there and, and wrestling. They weren't trained very well. Taking um, bumps on mom's kitchen table right, to practice. <laughs> right. And we've got some local guys who are really, really good. Like we and we've packed out a gym not having a special name that's been in WWE or anything like that. Like we pack out the gym with our guys. Yeah. Um, but we pull in guys from all over the southeast. Uh like I said, I had a friend from California we flew out here. And then we've had big names like Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, um, Scott Steiner. You know, people like that that people have watched on television for yeah. years. Uh, we've got um, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, who's a really young and up-and-coming guy uh, that just signed with AEW. He's going to be on one of our shows. Uh, and then I've talked to people. I really feel like if we can get the COVID stuff out of here, um, I feel like we're going to have Mick Foley before the year's over with. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and, you know, just some people like that. That, uh, but But our guys, we have a guy named Romeo that was our champion for a long time. And I have no idea why he is not signed with a big company because he yeah. is incredible. He's one of the best workers I've ever seen in the ring. Uh, we got a local guy, Bubba Cagle, that is outstanding. He's our champion now. Um, you know, and people like to say that it's fake. Uh, they've never taken a bump. Yeah, I want to get to that. Yeah. Uh, for all you people saying, oh, wrestling's fake and it's choreographed, I'm sitting with a man that has taken a legitimate bump in a wrestling ring. So we're going to hear about that. That's right. Right now. <laughs> That's right. And it, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I showed up for training because I knew I was going to be wrestling at some point um, in the future. Uh, and that first day of training, I thought, well, maybe we'll just do some, you know, collar and elbow lockup kind of stuff and some chain wrestling that I knew I would be able to do and not have a problem with. No. First thing I did was take a body slam, <laughs> you know. And uh, my wife walks in and, and she really did not want me to wrestle because, I mean, I'm 42 years old. I'm in better shape than I was at 32, but I'm still not uh, a Greek god by any stretch. Um, and so, you know, she walks in, and I, I had already taken five or six body slams at that point. And I look at her, and I said, hey, will you be okay if, uh, if I take a body slam? And she said, no, no. <laughs> well, I'd already told the guy I was going to body slam me. I said, I'm going to turn around and talk to my wife. When I turn back around, pick me up, slam me down as hard as you can. <laughs> so I turn around. He picks me up, slams me down. And I just, I, you know, I, I act like I'm dying. Yeah. Because I'm selling it. And uh, she's worried to death. And now I pop up and I'm like, see, I'm fine. It's good. Yeah. You know, um, first time I got beat up by some of the heels, uh, my daughter started crying. My eight-year-old daughter started crying. And I had to send her a text from backstage showing her that I was okay and not headed to the hospital. Yeah. You know, um, the hardest thing for me to do is is practicing a bump. And basically what that is, you just stand in the middle of the ring. You kind of squat down. And you just throw your body backwards and hit the mat. Yeah. Well, as a human, we don't particularly like to just fall backwards on a hard surface. 
And so that's really difficult for me to stand there and go, okay, let's fall. I look horrible doing it. Every time I look horrible. But if I get somebody to bounce off the ropes and and act like they're clotheslining me or something like that, I can fall like a champ. It's just something in my head. Uh, The first time, I couldn't do it very well. And uh, one of the guys got below me and did like a little schoolboy trick to just flip me over. You know, just to show me it's okay. Yeah. And it, you know, that ring is mostly wood. It's got a little gift to it, but you're basically landing on a wood floor, you know, and it's, it, it doesn't tickle uh, at all. (laughs) And the first match I did, I'd never been to a chiropractor in my life. Two days later, I was at a chiropractor and she was popping me as much as you could because I cracked a rib. Um, Guy just did a move wrong and landed on my ribs. Cracked rib. Yeah. I was hurting like crazy. Yeah. See, wrestling gets a lot of crap because it is fake. But when it's not the first, fake. The first time you took a <laughs> took a bump, right? What went through your head? Like, oh shit, that actually hurts. <laughs> yeah, and that was basically it. That was the exact phrase I said. Oh. Um, and the thing that I love about it being a writer, and I do a lot of our creative stuff. Um, to be able to write something in my mind, put it on paper, whatever. Tell the guys, hey, this is what you need to do at this particular moment. And them do it and the crowd react the way that I wanted them to react is like a high. Yeah. Like it really is. It's cool. And we don't do a lot of, I don't micromanage our wrestlers. They're trained. Like we bring in the best guys around the South. They are trained. They know what to do. They know how to get crowd reaction and things like that. We, we basically tell them, hey, this is how much time you got. Just like put spots put together that. a match that's yeah. good, you know, and our guys do. They bring the house down every time. It's wrestling nerd talk today. In today's wrestling, you see so many more, so many uh, spot called matches, right? Than you do. just flat out. This is how it's going to go, real quick. Y'all go do that, right? It's, you got these guys that are talented enough to put together a solid, yeah, thirty minute match, yeah, if they're given the time, right? And that's the thing. Screen a lot of times, WWE. most of those guys. Uh, you know, WWE gives them like 10 minutes at the most. Yeah. And it's hard to really get uh, in the flow and and really put together a match that people are going to remember in 10 minutes. Especially when you got the best athletes that they've had in 20 years. Right. Yeah. So they yeah. need to they need to give them a little time. And what proves it is if you watch one of those takeover shows, if you watch an NXT takeover show, they do, what, like five matches in two and a half hours? Yeah. And they give them 30 minutes. It's a know. legit wrestling show. Yeah. And <laughs> some guys have gone almost an hour in those matches, and they're incredible. You know, yeah. or if you watch, uh, I watch a lot of Japanese. I like uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And so watching some of those matches, when Kenny Omega was in New Japan and he's wrestling uh, Okada, those matches would go an hour long, and you would never got bored. No. You know, you just wanted to see what they were going to do next. Even old Meltzer gave those some high ratings. Right, yeah. You know. <laughs> so when you're put, do you put together the wrestling shows? Yeah, like um, basically, uh, me and a partner uh, work on all of it together. Uh, we we come up with what matches we want to have each show. We usually do about uh, three months worth of planning at a time, uh, and then we'll have a big kind of payoff show, and then start building more storylines after that payoff yeah. show. Uh, we do an anniversary show every year that's big, and that was when Scott Steiner was here. Um, I wrestled on that show. My match was the one that got interrupted um, with a fan attacking <laughs> the, the valet. Uh, I had taken a chop. And let me tell you, like, you know, people see people chop each other on the chest. Yeah. That hurts. Like, it really hurts. And it leaves whips on your chest for, like, days. <laughs> but um, 
we were calling it in the ring. I hate to tell, like, I hate to tell some of the uh, secrets, but I was told, uh, you know, I'm going to take a chop. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm taking this chop and I sell it like crazy. And it did hurt though. Yeah. But then I opened my eyes up because I'm supposed to be taking like three chops. I opened my eyes up and the dude's gone. He's on the outside of the ring trying to get somebody off his wife that was the valet. <laughs> and so our match just is gone at that point. Yeah. It's over with. So um, what what went through your head when you saw that crowd member punching the... Uh, the- I don't think I can say the words. I mean, I probably can on your podcast, yeah. but I, my wife's going to get mad at me if I say those <laughs> words. Um, I just thought, oh man, this is not good. You yeah. know? And luckily, we have security there. Our security guard did not do the greatest job. We have improved security since then. <laughs> um, but our locker room is a um, is really a family. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did a little uh, Facebook video talking about that at the end of our match since it got cut short. Um, whether it's a good guy or a bad guy, everybody in our locker room wants to put on a good show, and they want people to leave happy and come back the next time. Um, and it, it be an escape for, for people who come to the show, you know. Uh, and so when that happened, our locker room empty and good guys, bad guys, whatever, they're, they're going to take up for their brotherhood. Yeah. And, uh, if, if the person and, and her boyfriend had not gotten out of that gym really fast, they're going to be hurt. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad they did, you know? Um, but you know, that's what it's about. It's, it really is a family. Um, and, and that's what I told a lot of the guys, thank you for just letting me in the family, uh, and not thinking, Oh, this newspaper nerd, you know, like who is he getting involved with wrestling? Yeah. Um, so I, it's been a lot of fun. See, a lot of people give us wrestling fans crap because they're like, Oh, it's so fake. But like, okay, well, so is the show you're currently watching. Right. We just get to watch people right. beat each other up as and, well. Yeah. Every, and now I do have a, a, a complaint with the, uh, we're regulated through the Alabama athletic commission. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, that pro wrestling should be regulated. It's regulated just like boxing and mixed martial arts. We're an entertainment show. Yeah. Like the, nobody is uh, is quiet about that. Nobody's trying to say this is a, a you know legit athletic contest. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh, it's choreographed and and uh, you know winners are determined ahead of time. But um, if you're going to regulate our shows, why are you not regulating like Disney on Ice? Because it's <laughs> You know, it's a story, and it's and it's athletics. It's basically the same thing. Still takes the same amount of effort. Yeah, and they're not falling and busting their tails on purpose, but right. And yeah. nobody in the state of Alabama is making money off of pro wrestling shows. Yeah, you know, in small towns like Jasper, like that. If we make a profit at our shows, it's going directly into the next show. Um, so, like, there's nobody making enough money to be able to pay the fees that they want um, right now with the COVID. All of our wrestlers have to be tested for COVID at least three days before a show. Um, we all have to be licensed through the state. Uh, we, we do business licenses through the city, you know. And so really, I think as long as we're uh, on the up and up with our cities uh, where, we're, where we're doing a show from and that our guys are, are trained and that sort of thing. Problem is you have so many shows that it's, it's people like Backyard Wrestling and they're not trained properly and they're just yeah. doing stupid stuff. But the state doesn't stop those guys. They just take their money, you know. Like So if you're going to regulate, really regulate. If not, get out of that business and, and let us put on great shows. So you if, you, if you do make profit, you see it as a chance to look at your product and be like, okay, well, we can sink this many dollars into this to kind of improve Ex- it a little bit. Exactly. Like if we make a profit on a show, 
uh, we're putting it into either some sort of production side of it to make the production look better for the fans, or we're saying, okay, we made this tonight. We've got this money. Um, let's bring in this big name. Yeah. You know, and and so that's and that's what the fans want. They want to be able to to talk to somebody like Scott Steiner. Uh, and and that's what those guys do during our shows. If they're not, if it's not their match, most of the time they're out walking around talking to the crowd, or they're sitting at a table selling T-shirts and things like that. Tommy Dreamer and Rhino were the like most professional guys, and they did um, seminars with with our wrestlers from around. You know, most of ours come from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, yeah. um, and they did seminars with those guys. Sat, watched them do matches, and told them, "Hey, you're the you know." Here's what you need to get over better. Here's what you need to do to be a better wrestler. And uh, even gave a couple of our guys, uh, who are local guys, um, chances to be on Impact Wrestling. Uh, they didn't wrestle, but they did some back uh, background work, like yeah. being extras and things like that, which is just a good thing for their resume. That's what a lot of the guys that are big now have done. Like uh, right. CM Punk. Yeah, he came out at WrestleMania yeah. uh, with, with John Cena. monster. Yeah. The GOAT. Yeah. Uh, some of the women's wrestlers came out with tri- Triple H. Yeah, uh, WrestleMania 30. Yeah. I was there. It was my Were first really? WrestleMania. Oh, there you see, awesome. you're, you're better than me. I've never been to a WrestleMania. Oh, you have to. And I really have to. I've yeah. been to two. I've been to the two that were in New Orleans. Yeah, and yeah. Other than Mary and my wife, <laughs> those two Sundays were the best days of my life. Right, yeah, they're awesome. Like, yeah. I don't mind being hip to hip with strangers for seven hours. Yeah, yeah. For that reason. For, just for that, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, with your... Uh, Wrestling, is there ever a chance to be on TV? You know, uh, we've actually talked about that some with uh, a few of the like Alabama Cable Network and some people like that. Um, I think the, the biggest issue is that um, wrestling for me, while I absolutely love it, it is not going to pay a single bill for me. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I just don't have a lot of time, you know, between running the newspaper and uh, – being a dad with a wife and, and five kids, um, you know, there's not a lot of time to try to make up a TV deal or, yeah. or get that get that thing edited. And I have friends that can do it, but um, we just haven't got to that point yet. So maybe we might, though. I wouldn't say never. Never say never. That's right. That's the key of the wrestling business. That's right. Um, well, James, thanks for giving us all the insight to the uh, the Daily Mount Eagle and New Era Wrestling. Yeah, New Era Wrestling. Uh you got any shows planned for the rest of the year? Uh, we, we do typically the second Saturday of each month, and uh, usually it's at Swan Gym right now because of uh, COVID restrictions. Uh, the city's not renting out the gym, uh, so we're, we're using Lupton uh, School, their gym. Uh, and so that's really uh, that's what we're doing, and we're looking at every every second Saturday still. Awesome. Uh, and they can go to our Facebook page, New Era Wrestling. Definitely go to the Mountain Eagles, uh, yeah. mountaineagle.com. Yeah, Mountain Eagle Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, we've got subscription special for uh, digital subscribers. They can get um, six months for $30 or a whole year for $50. And that gives you our whole website and our e-edition. It's just like turning through the pages, you know. Before we jump into the last shots, where's everything they can find all your social media? Uh, just come to, uh, as far as Mountain Eagle, uh, Mountain Eagle on Facebook. Uh, we've got two different Twitter sites for our news and sports. Uh, Instagram. Uh, I've got a uh, even a Snapchat one that I've never even tried to do anything with because I don't understand it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's really about it. Go to mountaineagle.com for everything. Uh, our podcast is uh, Left on Red, yeah, uh, which is really good, and it's been really popular since we put it out. 
Um, and, and then, you know, if you want to look me up on social media, it's just really easy. James Phillips on Facebook or James O. Phillips is on Twitter and um, Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, James, we do a little series of questions here called The Last Shots. Okay. Going to throw some at you. Should I be worried? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You're not testing my intelligence, are you? No. Okay. Because I brag about it a lot, but I don't want to really show it off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and this is The Last Shots with James Phillips, the publisher of The Daily Mountain Eagle, and he's taken a few bumps in the wrestling ring with New Era Wrestling. So we're about to get to know him a little bit better for 30 seconds, and let's go. Favorite Walker County restaurant? Ooh, Five Loaves. Favorite wrestling match of all time? Of all time. Oh, man, I've only got 30 seconds? Yeah. Let's say uh, Ric Flair and Sting at the First Class of Champions. Favorite wrestler? Ric Flair. If you had to work for one newspaper publication, what would it be? The Daily Mountain Eagle. Yes. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> Will Dora ever win a state championship in football? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say no. And that's the end of the last shots. Hey, man, I made it pretty quick. You did pretty good. Yeah. All right. Folks, this has been James Phillips. Uh, check him out at the Daily Mountain Eagle. Go check out New Era Wrestling. Take the kids. It's something fun to do. Uh, as always, talk to somebody different than you. Yes. Love the neighbor. Love yourself. Pass a jar safely. And we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar. Thanks, James. Thank you, man.